Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Friday, September 15th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Investors loved ARM during its first day on the public market, and the European Central Bank is stuck between a rock and a hard place. Plus, we'll look at how digital cash got caught up in culture wars. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. The British chip designer Arm had a great initial public offering. Its shares jumped 25% yesterday to get to more than 63 bucks a share. The Japanese conglomerate SoftBank owns Arm. It raised almost $5 billion from the IPO. That makes it the largest U.S. listing in almost two years. Arm's stellar opening day is expected to fuel confidence in the IPO market more broadly. IPOs for grocery delivery app Instacart and marketing software group Clavio are expected to provide a further test of investor appetite next week. The European Central Bank raised interest rates by 25 basis points yesterday. They're now at an all-time high, but the ECB signaled that its tightening cycle may come to an end soon. Here to explain is the FT's Martin Arnold. Hi, Martin. Hello, Mark. All right, so I think I've heard this decision referred to as being on a knife edge maybe no less than a thousand times in the run-up to this meeting because, you know, inflation is still running hot in the eurozone or hotter than the ECB would want, but also the economy is stalling. You know, what was the ECB's thinking here raising rates? So the ECB was was being pulled in two directions. In in one way, they were confronted with inflation that remains too high uh, and looks like being too high for too long, as they said in their statement. But also, they issued new forecasts, which reduced the outlook for growth for the eurozone for this year and for next year. And clearly, the economy is weakening, which is going to reduce price pressures. But overall, their mandate is to achieve price stability, and that means bringing inflation down from above 5% back down to 2%. And that's what convinced them that they still needed to keep raising rates. Martin, we didn't see a ton of market reaction yesterday. I mean, when I say that, I'm talking about equities because I'm looking at the stock 600. Uh, Why was that? Well, there was some market reaction because the euro fell. Um, quite sharply against the dollar. And that's a signal that investors think that the ECB has reached the peak of rate rises. There was a slight rally in, in bond prices as well. I think there's also mixed messages coming from the ECB because they are saying things like they think the level of interest rates now if they keep them at that level, will make a substantial contribution to returning inflation to their target. So that's that's a new message from the ECB. But at the same time, the the president, uh, Christine Lagarde, said in the press conference, they can't say that they've reached the peak of rates. But it's looking more likely, I would say, that the weakening economy will mean that this is is the, the end of the ECB rate rises. Martin Arnold is the FT's Frankfurt Bureau Chief. He covers the ECB. Thanks, Martin. Thanks, Mark. Now, central banks have been busy trying to tame inflation, but they've also been plugging away at developing digital currencies. These central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs for short, used to be a playground for policy and tech wonks, 
but the idea is getting more mainstream, and so are the concerns surrounding them. Here to talk to me about this is the FT's banking and fintech correspondent, Sid Venkataramakrishnan. Hey, Sid. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. So uh, remind us, for those of us who haven't been watching closely, what are CBDCs? And how are they different from other digital currencies, right? It's, it, this isn't crypto, right? That's right. So a central bank digital currency is a central bank currency, much like cash or, or you know pounds and notes, but a digital version of that. So unlike a cryptocurrency that's issued by a private company, or it's outside of state control, and also different to the money you have sitting in a bank deposit, or you might access through a mobile app. You know, this is literally a digitized version of that central bank physical cash. Yeah, Sid, I'm glad you brought up private banks. Why do we need a central bank digital currency if private banks are already letting you make digital transactions? So in some ways, the benefits are for the government more than for you and me, or if you're paying for something now. But, you know, there are concerns from central banks around power being ceded to big tech companies or to fintechs over payments, which would hamper their own ability to make monetary policy or to carry out transparency and things like that. And also the hope is that a CBDC would be a kind of universal payment solution like cash is in theory. And so even if you have these payment systems like Apple Pay, which are not interoperable, then you'd still have a CBDC that could be used. Okay, so this would give everyone, in theory, access to a digital payment option. And it's also a way for central banks to maintain power over the financial system. But that, in and of itself, has drawn criticism from some very visible people. This is something where they want uh, the Fed to control a digital dollar. And guess what will happen? They're going to try to impose an ESG agenda through that. You go and use too much gas, they're going to stop it. They're not going to honor the transaction because you've already bought more than what they think. Uh, You want to go buy... Okay, so there we heard from Republican presidential candidate Ron DeSantis, who's also the governor of Florida. And obviously the things he hit on there are about too much oversight. There's also like a little flavor of conspiracy theory there. Um... There's nothing out there about central banks stopping certain purchases, but what are some of the other concerns about CBDCs? So there are a few very valid concerns about CBDCs, one being around how a CBDC could be told to do certain things or not do certain things. And that's what you know, Ron DeSantis has brought up there and the ESG agenda. And I think that central banks haven't really given a good answer to how they're going to ensure they don't become political tools beyond saying, policy-wise, we won't do this. And one of the other concerns is around the issue of privacy and anonymity, you know, compared to cash, which is back to nature, private and anonymous, a CBDC would only be as anonymous as, say, a bank account. Given that there's been all this concern around CBDCs, what does that tell you about the state of our financial system and how people interact with it? I think it's a pretty, pretty telling picture, to be honest. And it's not purely the CBDCs, but I think we're in a quite precarious position, which reflects, you know, just broader political currents, but also particularly around finance, there's so much, obviously, a lot of things around crypto and people who maybe are not financially as literate or maybe are more financially exposed being dragged into risky, high-risk assets. I think that leaves people at risk of conspiracy theories and also of scams because a lot of the people who are pumping out conspiracy theories are also trying to make money out of it and will push whatever product they can in order to make a buck. Sid Venkataramakrishnan is the FT's banking and fintech correspondent. Thanks, Sid. Thank you very much. Before we go, U.S. student loan payments are set to restart next month. 
And if your payments are starting up again, drop us a line. Tell us, how much will you have to pay each month? How are you feeling about it? And how is it going to impact your wallet? There's a link in the show notes where you can record your response. and We may play your voice message in an upcoming episode of The Briefing. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com for free when you click the links in our show notes. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Kasha Broussalian, Sonia Hudson, Fiona Simon, and me, Mark Filipino. Our engineer is Monica Lopez. We had help this week from David De Silva, Monique Malima, Michael Lello, Peter Barber, and Gavin Kalman. Our executive producer is Topher Forges. Cheryl Brumley is the FT's global head of audio, and our theme song is by Metaphor Music. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.